magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show episode number 496, inching ever closer to episode 500. What a milestone. Crazy um, to think. Crazy to think. It's a lot of hours. A lot of hours of recording, a lot of years, a lot of podcasting going on in that time. Um, so we were talking before the show... Actually, uh, I guess, I think it was after we recorded last week's episode, you were asking what a good, like, little emulation device is or whatever. Yeah, I saw, um, <laughs> oh, I remember, it's because we were talking about Chrono Trigger on the podcast, mm, and I was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. god damn it, like, the only only way I have to play Chrono Trigger is I have the 3DS version of the game, but it's still, like, new in its wrapper, Yeah, and, like... Let's actually look on eBay right now. Like I've become like weirdly, uh, like the stuff that I have, like the Nintendo y stuff that I have, yeah. that like I just bought and never did anything with. I've become yeah. like weirdly attached to, uh, yeah. because like the fucking value of this stuff is just bonkers now. Yeah. Yeah. See. Uh, yeah, a brand new one selling for one hundred and fifty dollars on eBay right now. You should open it live on air right now. No, that's oh, you're scared. Uh, um, I'll buy it now for two hundred. Ooh, jeez. So the question crazy. is: So I was like, I was like, know, I, I really want to play this game again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the what's the best way to do? It? Like, what little emulation thing can I? I mean, because like when you think about it, like I could sell my fucking copy of Chrono Trigger and more than pay for everything that went into this, including like big SD yeah. cards right. for this dumb thing. So Jared yeah. hooked me up yeah, with yeah. the, the wreck for the, uh, RG three fifty one V V for is, vertical. Which is pretty cool. So is the RG three fifty one was it? The P the other, the one you have, I have the M which is the metal body one. Um, and then the P is the same thing, but just with a plastic body. Is it the same? Like, guts inside of it though like this one's not any faster or they all run on the same chip so hardware wise they're all the same um the difference between the one i have and the one you have is mine has a three two ratio screen and yours has a four three and um the three two is nice because it 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 scales perfectly to the gba's um resolution so you get like pixel perfect gba games and really this thing feels like a super game boy advance is, well, don't is you what just it, get like it, black bars though so it's not like it's like scaling yeah the no screen, right no it's not crazy um but the four three is actually way more conducive to all the old systems that ran on tvs like super nintendo yeah. nes all that stuff so um but at, at the same time, like none of those games look like bad on mine just yeah. because they have a weirder kind of like pixel um, matching it needs to do or whatever. 
Um, I mean, it's all fine, but it would, I think it would make a lot simpler to have a four, three screen. And there's been some talk about them releasing like a landscape one with a four, three screen or whatever. Um, but anyway, yeah, yours also has, um, the V also supposedly has a better screen, like color wise and quality wise and stuff too, which again, like, you know, nothing looks bad on mine, but a lot of people are like, dang, when you see the V screen in person, you really can appreciate that it's a damn good screen, Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. So I waffled on getting the V when it came out, and I think I just like – I like the landscape better. Yeah. Um, that I, thing's also it's, – it's a beefy – yours is a pretty beefy-sized thing too. So yours um, physically is smaller than this because like that honestly is like my one complaint is that I just wish it was a little bit bigger. It is, yeah, it is. You can look up com, like size comparison pictures or whatever. Like if I laid mine down on yours, you've probably got another inch of width. Oh, really? Something like that. So it's not like drastic, but it is, it is bigger. And this thing already, I don't know how thick yours is, but this guy's thick, yeah, and um, kinda, you kinda can feel it. And then being metal makes it hefty too. So um, as far as like sliding it into your pocket, it's it's fully pocketable, but it's also a little delicate because the, the analog sticks stick out a little bit and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't think I wouldn't describe either of them as like extremely pocketable. No. And, um, but they are, they're small enough to like dick around with on the couch very easily. It's like similar to like a switch or something like right. that, but even easier. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. I, I, I think, uh, my favorite thing about these is like, man, I've, I've had so many dumb, like, little gadgets that can play emulators over the years. Right. And like my most recent favorite and probably still the king of favorites for me is a PSP go because the form factor is just awesome. It really is pocketable. You throw it in your pocket. Don't even notice it. I love the slide out. I just love everything about it except that it's super old. All the like homebrew stuff on it's super old and yeah. outdated. Well, and the memory Can't connect to the, are, are yeah. very small and expensive. Like I got a, <clears throat> And when I ordered the SD card for this, you, know, you go on Amazon right now, like the sweet spot of pricing is like a 400 gigabyte card for. Yeah. Which is 30. such extreme overkill for, I think for like something like this. 30 bucks maybe or something. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um, and so, and, and probably I wouldn't mind even that, um, with the PSP go, except I really have become a nerd for retro achievements. And so not having an online Wi-Fi ability with oh, the PSP yes. Go has hey, been annoying. Which, how do I set that up on this thing? Or can you not? Uh, you go in and I can't remember if you just if it's in the actual operating system front end or if you have to actually go into RetroArch and sign in there. Either way, you just sign in with your, your login stuff and you'll remember it. And then um, Assuming you have all the right ROM files and stuff like that, that, that retro achievements use, it'll just automatically log you in for all that junk or whatever. Yeah, but okay. so this having a built in Wi-Fi, um, and yours does too, which is yeah. weird because the P the plastic version of mine does not have built in Wi-Fi because it originally did. And, um, the way they implemented it into the hardware actually created like a interference with the speaker. And so there was like a high pitched noise caused by the Wi-Fi. And so oh, that's weird. on the, the initial batch that they made, they have Wi-Fi chips on the inside, but the rest of them don't. And so you have to actually use like a USB-C little Wi-Fi dongle dealy to get internet connection or whatever. Um, 
so for me, like having built in Wi-Fi is a big deal, um, which is another reason I, I jumped ship from the PSP Go to, to this guy. But um, what I was going to say, though, what I was getting to is that uh, all these these retro emulation handheld devices I've had over the years or whatever. And we've joked about this before where like half the game is just getting things running mm-hmm. and getting oh, things set up the last like three days. <laughs> And there's definitely a little bit of that to go with this. There's a, there's some stuff to learn and, and whatever. But like what I love about these Ambernick devices is that they are so they're really pretty simple. Once you get things set up how you want, once you've scraped all your artwork and stuff and, and have things like, you know, you know, sorted how you want or whatever, um, that's kind of it. And then it's super easy to just pop in and play. They have a really good sleep functionality. And you can like just put the thing to sleep mid game. Like I always do like a save state and and back out of RetroArch and stuff just yeah. to be safe or whatever. But um, I've heard stories of people being like, oh, yeah, I just flipped the switch off and put it to sleep. And then like forgot about it for a week and came back and it was exactly where I was left off. And I barely lost any battery and all this stuff. So like those convenience features make it really easy to just pop in and out and actually play games instead of spending so much time like dicking around with stuff. And that's what I really appreciate about this is like I feel like I'm I've played more games on this than most of the other ones that I've had over the years. Yeah, like the ability to just like turn it off, put it down, turn it on, pick it up. Like that I mean that's yeah. it's very switch like in that regards. So. Yeah. Exactly. So um yeah, super fun. I've been I'm actually playing through Chrono Trigger right now. I'm like uh ten hours in. Oh, cool. And then I'm I'm playing Metroid Zero Mission and um Oh, there's a there's a native port of Super Mario 64 for these guys too that runs at 60 frames a second and oh. highly highly uh, would suggest um, getting that going on yours because man I've played Mario 64 a bajillion times right and it's great I like it still it's still fun um, there's something weird though about it running in 60 frames per second makes it that much better and more enjoyable I don't know. It just seems so smooth and like crisp on these little screens and it's just awesome. So once again, playing through that bad boy. Do you know where you and, go in RetroArch to <clears throat> sign in? To, oh, here we go. Change achievement settings. There we go. Perfect. There you go. What operating system are you running on yours? The one it came with or did you put one on there? Uh, no, I did the, um, the 351 elect or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just because like the guy that does the, the big long YouTube videos, like that's yeah. the one that he recommended. And I found a more recent video where he's like, Oh, I run arc OS on. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. It's one of those common questions you see all the time. in like the subreddits for these and stuff like that, which is like, which one's better. And it's really a toss up. They both have their pros and cons or whatever. I, I run arc OS because, the the main difference between them is that 351 Alec incorporates a bunch of um, retro arcs like uh, options and stuff into its own front end, and so instead of going into retro arc and digging through all the weird menus, yeah. And if you've never used retro arc before, it's a, a pretty obtuse piece of software. Um, it moves all that stuff to the front end of the device itself. So you can, you can make the changes. And so a lot of people say, if you're new to these things, 351 elect is the way to go because then you don't have to know what you're doing with retro rock. You can just change settings in the front end and, um, they'll, uh, they'll transfer over to retro and stuff like that. Arc OS is kind of different. It, 
it's it's the front end for certain things, but then everything else, all the other settings and stuff are done through RetroArch itself. And so you have to kind of know what you're doing with that. And um, I think that's fine. I mean, I've, I've, I've learned enough about RetroArch to know my way around things. It's, it's a messy thing. But once you learn it, it's fine. And um, Man, I have no idea why I... When I signed up for retro achievements, I chose a one password password instead oh, of just you. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, I, my password for that stuff is the dumbest password. thing in the world because I, A, I don't care if anybody hacks my retro achievements and then, uh, B because of that, I've had to sign into it a few different places and, uh, yeah, regretful. But anyway, so anyway, yeah, like I said, it's kind of a toss up. I think ArcOS loads into games faster because I did try 351 Elec when I first got this thing and um, it felt like it, it took too long for games to load. Um, but then I also just sort of appreciated the fact that um, I'd rather have all the settings and stuff handled straight through RetroArch anyway. Um, I feel like that's the way it should be instead of having the front end handle it for you. And then if you did go in and mess change something around in the retroarch menus or whatever that's always going to override what 351 elect does anyway yeah. and so it seems sort of silly to me to have like two different spots where you can like change settings like that that might not always agree with each other or something i don't know that was my main reason for it but yeah i don't know like i like right now i kind of don't want to fiddle around with like, yeah all the very specific settings and stuff i just kind of want to play games you know like right and right. I, you know, I don't know what most of the settings do, and I don't know if I yeah. really care about learning what most of the settings do. Right. So another thing, though, too, with yours in particular, another difference between um, the one I have and the one you have is that you have dual SD card slots. Yes. And so um, a, what a lot of people will do is is put a smaller card in, in one slot that runs the OS and then the second card is all their ROM collections and libraries and stuff like that. And so what that does is it makes it really easy if you down the road decided, I want to change, you know, softwares that I use or whatever. You don't have to like completely change the, the card and all the ROMs and transfer everything over or whatever. Um, you could even have two different cards and switch back and forth, which a lot of people do. At least they did before. 351 Elect used to not have as good of um, support for things like Dreamcast and stuff. And these little devices, Dreamcast is very hit and miss, as is like N64 and stuff. Um, but it does run some things. Um, and so the performance on, on ArcOS for that sort of stuff was better for a long time. But I think since then, 351 Elec has caught up, and it's kind of like now they're pretty on par. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, the the Discord, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm sure ArcOS is a Discord too, but like the... 351 elect discord is like the most helpful place I've ever been. Like, yeah, know, a lot of, a lot of places, like particularly when you get into this kind of like more like hacky kind of Linuxy sort of like, scene. Oh, this idiot has a question. Yeah. You know, you ask like very basic questions like, Hey, is there, there has to be a shortcut to get back to the menu. Right. And like people are mm -hmm. just like, Oh, read the documentation. You fucking noob. Like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. and so it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, here's how you do it. And like, Oh, by the way, here's a guide on like all these other things that are very useful that you should, Check yeah, out, which I don't know. I, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I've come to find that the entire 351 community has been really good um, and friendly and helpful, and just really just wants just likes having to 
be able to play all these old games really easily. So well, so I, I have cool. I've logged into the achievements thing. Okay, I didn't get any kind of confirmation that I logged in or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't just, think it does. Uh, I'm on Wi-Fi, I guess, but like, how do I know that this is all like connected and working? Like, well, load up a game and see if the retro achievements, the achievements um, banner pops up or not. Oh yeah, okay, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, I mean this this thing is just I I don't know, just like super duper cool, like way yeah. Because I've I've fiddled around with um with the different ones before, you know, like the uh, like Raspberry Pi stuff and yeah. You know, it's just like so many moving parts on those. I mean, not that it's like, yeah. honestly, not that much more complicated, but it's just a matter of like, right. uh, you know, like hooking up the TV, like finding a USB keyboard and mouse to do all the bullshit. Yeah. And then like yeah, getting yeah. A, a USB uh, gamepad to play with. And like, yeah, you know, it, it's just a little more screwing around than like this seriously was like buy the thing from Amazon for like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you could probably find them cheaper if you're more patient because yeah, I'm sure right. they're charging a premium for the one that you can get on Amazon Prime today. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I got a asshole huge, you know, 40 gigabyte card for like 30 bucks and got a, yeah. just a, a cheap $10 one to use as a system drive. So yeah, I'm in for like 150 bucks altogether and have a really cool little thing that now has like every ROM on it. That's yeah. PSP and older plus yeah. a selection of PlayStation stuff. I haven't, I haven't fiddled with Dreamcast cause I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I'm more interested in just kind of like the retro stuff. And it seems like all the 3d stuff kind of runs like runs anywhere between like, okay to kind of good to not. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think, um, so this chip that's in these things too, has been around for a few years and there's been a bunch of, uh, devices based on it. So, I think it's really run its course. There's been a lot of talk that the next Gen 1 is coming out too, which will be probably do like full Dreamcast N64 and a lot more PSP and maybe even dabble in, into GameCube territory or something too. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll totally, whatever the next one is, like, this is this thing's super cool. Like I will completely yeah, buy like, like, whatever the next thing is, like no big deal. You know, around a hundred bucks is like the perfect sweet spot price for something like this too. Where yeah. it's like, oh, if a new one comes out, like that's cool. Buy buy the new one. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, and this um, this is like the best regifting thing you could ever possibly have. Yeah, be like for sure, give to some kid. Sure. You know, be like, hey, here's every yeah. Nintendo game ever made. Have fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love these things. So and you know, another thing I was kind of thinking about is like, um, huh. there's been this very interesting sort of shift surrounding um people's kind of outlook towards roms in general over like Mm -hmm. the last Mm -hmm. decade or so because like remember um i remember when uh jailbreaking first started becoming a thing and you know like of course there's like the first things to come of the jailbreak scene was like shitty emulators right right and like I remember how like violently we had to like police people not posting links to like ROMs or ROM sites or (laughs) any of that stuff because like there, it was like a really good way to get like fucking DMCA takedown notices on, on that kind of shit. Right. Right. And I don't know what's happened over the last like, you know, 10 years or whatever, but man, it's like, you can just go to like archive.org and just click like the ROMs page and like, there's just like no hiding any of this stuff anymore. It's like all out in the open and, I think the uh, um, I think the biggest 
detractor, I guess, or whatever, is still Nintendo. Nintendo still has major beef. And um, eh, I don't know. I kind of get it. I mean, they in some ways still sell a lot of their old library. You know what I well, mean? I, I mean, so, the, the thing is, like, I bought this out of necessity, right? Because I was, well, yeah. you know, air quotes necessity, right? Of course, I don't need a stump fucking emulation thing. But, like, um, <laughs> you know, when, last week when I was like, hey, I want to play Chrono Trigger. Like, how do I do it? And yeah. if if the answer was, oh, it's on the eShop for 10 bucks, go grab it. You would have just I done it. Just, uh, zero yeah. hesitation. I would have paid Nintendo all day long and would yeah. be halfway yeah. through the game right now. Right. Instead, it's like, oh, well, uh, you can buy the Super Nintendo cartridge for a million dollars. You can crack <laughs> open your DS version that's worth 200 bucks now. Or yeah. you can yeah, yeah. dabble in emulation. So, yeah. Pick the third option. Yeah, I think we're past the point of it being like, oh, you thieving bastards playing those old ROMs or whatever. And, like, I, I think it's been proven, especially with, like, even the virtual console's not around anymore, but there's been a lot of avenues of re-release of classic games and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's shown that if you make them available paid, if you go the right routes to make them oh, yeah. officially available, people will buy them. You know what I mean? And so, and the, and the people that are downloading the ROMs of those those same old games are probably not the people that were going to buy the re-release anyway. But, like, all the Switch Arcade Archives stuff sells really well, and people buy them and pay for it. And I know I have a million old Neo Geo games on my Switch that I bought yeah. eight bucks a pop. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like part of it is is making them even be available for people to, to spend the money on again. And then the stuff that's not available or is definitely like a licensing tell to ever bring back anyway or whatever, um, I think there's a, a preservation aspect to it where it's like, and, and I think a lot of the people that worked on those games back in the day would tell you, we'd love people to be playing that game again yeah. nowadays, you know right. what I mean? And experiencing it rather than have it be some weird locked away thing or whatever. Um, and so that's really where I come from with all this stuff too, is because I have all the games that I played and loved as a kid and it's fun to revisit those and stuff. But there's also like, I do a good amount of, of reading articles or watching YouTube videos or whatever on like game history stuff. And um, it's so nice to be able to be like, oh, they talked about this game I'd never heard of, or I watched a video about a game I'd never heard of, and, and go back and actually be able to play it and be yeah. like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. imagine if you couldn't go back and read like a classic book or something like that. So, um, I don't know. It's it's legal gray area, whatever, moral gray area, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I think um, it's only I, really I'm just a fan of video games, and I yeah. think they should be experienced and... Uh, the history should be preserved. So I think you it's know, call it what really it is. A moral gray area. If you like, truly are doing this stuff, like with the through the lens of like, I'm just stealing these games because I will never buy them and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is just, like, I feel like for anyone into emulation, is just like a million percent not the case. You know, like right. it is. Yeah. It is hard for. It is. I, I am like a fucking whale in Nintendo world to use free to play terms, right? I mean, like, I mean, yeah. both of us are, you know, like the amount of fucking dumb Nintendo shit we bought over our life. I mean, like, you name it, Sega shit, like, whatever. Like, like they're, they've got my money, you know? And oh, I think I've bought Super Mario World like nine different times in my yeah. life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't feel bad at all about running Super Mario World on this dumb little emulator thing because, right, right. Again. But, but, you know, yeah. th the same thing said, like, you know, if, if Nintendo makes a better way to play these games, that's yeah. what I would do. You know, like if, 
we've been saying this forever that like the switch online should be like the netflix library of every old nintendo game instead of this like yeah. wacky selection of like 95 percent of the stuff that you don't really care about like if if, right. Even if it was like twenty bucks a month or something like that for just like unfettered access to like the Nintendo back catalog, like I'd be there. I think so much of it has to do with licensing yeah. problems. Yeah. But um, I also think there's a, a clear difference too, where um, like the world of emulation, um, right now Switch emulation is really advanced. You know what I mean? When you when you typically think of like emulation, it's like oh, it took you know, a decade for somebody to like emulate a Dreamcast or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it seems like it takes a long time and you're always playing these really old games or whatever. But um, the Switch, probably due to the fact that it's based off just pretty normal mobile hardware, um, has really strong emulation scene or whatever. And um, that is somewhere where I'd be like, man, I'm not going to download a bunch of cracked Switch games and run them on an emulator. You know what I mean? Or I'm not going to hack my Switch and run right. cracked yeah, Switch games I, on it. I'm buying them. Switch games yeah. because they're available now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, feel, I feel like there's a line there, too, where it's like, I can't buy Die Hard Trilogy on PS1 right now unless right. I own a PS1 and go on eBay or yeah. something. So, I mean, yeah, that's you know, thing. if like, I want to play that play, game, yeah, like I feel justified just, playing the ROM. <laughs> if you just, like selected some like random sorry the ups guy or someone just came but okay um if you just selected like some random like if you were someone that didn't own any of this stuff and you were like oh man i heard like jumping flash is really good on the original playstation like yeah. i got i really want to play that game you're talking like yeah. uh, like an ins- uh, unbelievable amount of money from like ground zero to actually like sitting down at your tv playing jumping yeah. flash Right. And and at this point, it's all secondary market stuff anyway. So it's not like Sony or anyone involved in that game or anything else. No. Like, right. So that's like that's kind of the other reason I don't feel bad about emulation at all. Is because you know, like I don't know, none of the it's original creators the are getting the money. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, Jumpy Flash is an interesting uh, example because um, that game predates Mario sixty four, and a lot of people credit it with kind of advancing what Mario 64, you know, a lot of people are like Mario 64 is like the first 3d platformer that Mm -hmm. did it right. Yeah. But jumping flash did a lot of those things first. And so from a historical perspective, I think it's a really interesting game to go play and be like, Oh, like, wow, you can see the roots of like 3d gaming. Um, that's an important thing. So I think it's, uh, it's, uh, good that these things exist. And I think, uh, you know, if you're anti it too, I'm. I get it. I think that's fine. And if you, I know, I actually see a lot of people, whether it's lip service or not, talking about like um, they only dump their own games that they own instead. Yeah, they dump to them me, that's like, like that. That's, that's and it's like just being a purist for the sake of. If that's you, like more power to you or whatever. Like emulation virtue um, signaling. Like I don't know what the point of that is. To maybe, but I do. Um, I can confidently say that I have bought and paid for like 90, 90% of the games I play on these emulators. Yeah. I I've owned at one point in my yeah. life. So, I mean, that's, you know. that's been my thing is revisiting stuff. I, as a kid that I traded into fucking Funko land for pennies on the right. dollar and stuff. Like I played yeah. through sewer shark yesterday and was just like, yeah, it's not a trip. This game is so bad and so easy. And I don't know why it was so difficult yeah. for me as a kid. Like literally all you need to do is listen to the fucking like call outs of what direction to go, go that direction for long enough. And you just win. They're so stupid. It. Yeah. Yeah. But, Man. 
that was a display game at uh, Egghead Software when I first saw Sega CD for the first time and blew my mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and and what's cool is to like play these different games that like, you know, you just I don't even know where you would get like that Scotty Pippen basketball game that is just like so atrociously awful, but at the same time yeah. it is like such a uh, historical piece of developers yeah. really trying to make full motion video gaming a thing. Yeah. yeah. Because, so, so the Scotty Pippen game, uh, it's for the 32 X. So in order to play, um, God, what is it? 32 X CD. Yeah. What is it? It's like Scotty Pippen. Uh, what is the actual full title of the game? Uh, slam city with Scotty Pippen, right? So this is a four disc, <laughs> uh, Sega CD 32 X game. That so in order to play it you need you know the fucking Genesis the Sega CD yeah. the 32x yeah. I don't even remember what these things cost but you're talking hundreds of dollars in yeah. hardware and then this yeah. one dumb game and the extent of the game is they shoot video of this guy like playing basketball in front of you like aggressively playing basketball in front of you right mm-hmm. and you're you can like move this little like you see like the back of the head of this basketball guy and you can basically <laughs> choose like. If you're going to do an action in the center, an action to the right, or an action to the left, and like depending yeah. on what you do, a lot like um, what is what is a uh, dragon dragon's quest, right? Oh, um, dragon's lair. Your dragon's lair, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, it's all just timing yeah. based. It's like all right, if your guy is on the left side of the screen and you push the button at the right time, depending on like what's happening with the video, like it cuts to like the guy like jumping up and slamming the ball down or. You know, like the guy stumbling so to the side and, you know, you get terrible full motion video pieced together via early quick time events. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, basically it's just like, <laughs> I don't like revisiting stuff like that is just fascinating to me yeah. because like, you know, no one involved in any, I don't care what game it is. Like no one making any game is like, oh, hey, let's, let's make the shittiest game that we can. Right. Yeah. Like everyone yeah. involves like, oh my God, this is, this is it. Like we're on the right path. Yeah. Like this is really cool. Like. You know, I can't wait to make more of these games with this technology yeah. is so forward facing and you just play it now. And it's just like, oh, my God, like, what were these people thinking? This is a thing that existed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, somebody yeah. somewhere spent bucks on getting that going. Yeah. They were psyched. No, for real. I mean, like, yeah. So if, if you're curious, just search YouTube for Slam City with Scottie Pippen and just like skip around the video and you just see like, oh, my God, this is truly atrocious. That's so crazy. But um, but yeah, from a just a curio perspective, I I love being able to to go back and play all these things super easily. Um, it's just neat. So yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't know. I so I guess if you are interested in getting started on this, um, you basically just need I, the best way to start is just go to YouTube and look up uh, Retro Game Core. That's uh, yeah. C O R P S. Yeah, and that dude. This dude's is the got, most helpful guy. Yeah, like unbelievably in the world. exhaustive videos on um yeah. on all this stuff. Like alternatively, you can just search for the firmware that I'm running, which I guess is like the easier of the two, is called uh 351 Elec. So 351 E L E C. You just type either of those things into Google and it'll like get you on the right path to all that stuff. And it seems like these yeah. these devices, if you order them from like um like AliExpress or whatever, they're way cheaper, like getting them directly from China or whatever. Yeah. But it um, comes at a cost of uh, insane shipping it, times. 
takes longer. I, I, I've heard horror stories of like two months, but I've also heard like a week or two. So I think it kind of depends. But yeah, I, I, to me, I don't think the savings is really worth it. And I think the security of buying something through Amazon, if it's something yeah. messed up, you can pretty easily return right. it. I think that's, you're yeah. not going to like ship something back to China that you paid a hundred bucks for. Right. So, so you're, you're paying like, I think I, what the fuck? Why is my Alexa playing? Alexa, stop, please. Thanks. Um, did right. I trigger that? I don't know. Huh. The um, so yeah, I think it's. I think you save like twenty bucks not getting on Amazon or whatever. Yeah. But but you know, like Jerry was saying, like I would vastly prefer being able to be like, oh yeah, the screen has weird like backlight leakage. Like I'm just gonna send it back as opposed to like, who right. the fuck do you even contact if you get something from AliExpress that? I mean, God, like it's just as simple as getting it. Like, what if it gets caught up in customs or like, yeah? Because um, I've heard horror stories of people where like the postage will be like, like part of the scam that some of these different resellers on these extremely dodgy international sites will do is like improperly put the right, the wrong amount of like postage or whatever to make it cheaper for Mm -hmm. them. And then like when you get it, it's like, Oh, Hey, these guys did this wrong. They already have your money. Uh, you You owe $17 in postage plus like $30 (laughs) in fucking customs duty. Cause they marked it as a gift when like, clearly it's not. And yeah, I don't know. I just would rather get it from Amazon and pay the premium and not deal with any of that. Yeah, no, I agree. And it comes with, Uh, you don't need to get, um, SD cards from like at out the gate. Um, it comes with, at least mine came with a 16 gig system one and a 64 gig, um, like games, uh, micro SD card. But everyone in this community says like the first thing you should do is get different ones because they send you like the bargain barrel, SD right. cards that are extremely slow and have a high failure rate. So yeah. you might as well just get set up on. I would buy yeah. a, a brand, SanDisk or a Samsung or something like that. It's yeah. it's worth it. They're so cheap, especially the sizes you'd be needing for something yeah. like this. And it's, if you yeah, if it. you don't want to get into the CD-ROM based stuff, like I, I think every every cartridge based ROM on the in existence that this thing can run is like thirty gigs or something like that. So yeah, you know, yeah. two thirty-two gig cards would cost you twenty bucks. Yeah. So, because I couldn't totally. even find a 16 gig card for my system one. Like I just like they. Just it's too low. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> um, speaking of retro game core, uh, he made a video. I just recently did this, so I wanted to mention it um, on how to get Shovel Knight on these things too, oh, and cool. highly recommend doing that because Shovel Knight is like built like a 16 bit era game, and um, I, I played through it on the 3D. Hey, there you go. How about that? All right. Well, technical issues. I'll clip that out. Okay. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, though, when you... Uh, I think we were pretty wrapped up with that. I was actually going to... How much? How long did we record already? About a half hour. Oh, okay. I'll show you what I just got. I took the liberty of going out to getting my package while you were fixing your internet. Look Ooh. at this hat that I got. Let me open this. It is bright pink. Ooh. What's the uh, emblem on it? Oh, it's like a fishing thing? It says, smiles for miles. <laughs> Why? What is that for? Um, so uh, allegedly the bill of this hat is like foam, so it'll float. In the water. Oh. So that's your boating hat? Yeah, my boating hat. 
<laughs> Seemed cool. I guess this is king of, hot king of buying dumb shit. Hot pink is all the rage. So uh, my uh, my alternate ending for the podcast is going to be me reading the newspaper. So it's good that you're back. That would have been actually pretty cool. We can still do that together. Oh yeah, want. sure. Um, yeah. Well, you want to you want to shift gears into actual uh, iOS games chat. Yeah, I was going to talk about not. I was going to talk about something else first, but uh, oh sure, go nuts. Tell me when you've started again. Uh, we've been recording, so I can just oh no big deal. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, retro handheld emulators, amazing stuff. Um, bought an Xbox One or uh, Xbox X Series X. Series X, yes. Like the, God, I can never get the name right. The one that looks like a little mini fridge or the not? The mini fridge. Oh, well, um, you need a fucking 4K TV then. What are you doing? Well, let me get going in my conversation, Eli. Um, so anyway, so the Xboxes and the PS5s and stuff have been hard to come by since release and whatever. And a couple weeks ago, I tried because uh, Wario64 said they were in stock and I tried to buy one through Best Buy. And um, the Best Buy website is garbage, hottest garbage, and didn't work right, and it was all a big waste of time and whatever. So I tried to get one, didn't work, was like, whatever. Um, so then last weekend, uh, or Monday actually, I was hanging out with a friend, and um, another buddy texted us and was like, hey, I just got one through Walmart. And I was like, oh shit. So I hurried up on my phone, I wasn't at home, so I hopped on my phone and was trying to buy one through Walmart. And they were like not in stock. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's sent me the link to what he did. And he did the Xbox All Access. Hmm. And that's the one where you um, basically finance it. Yeah. And you finance the Xbox and two years of Game Pass. And then you pay monthly over the course of two years. And um, it comes out to be, it's not like a massive savings, but it's not extra really either. It's a 0% loan. And um, it basically just allows you to pay, it's about 35 bucks a month. And pay this thing off over the course of two years, which that's fine. I mean, I could have paid for it all up front, but I also don't mind just paying it monthly or yeah, setting up I mean, an auto pay and cool. forgetting about it. Like, who cares? Yeah, like, and I'd, with... I'd, I'd want Game Pass anyway, yeah. so I don't care that that's bundled in or whatever. I mean, that right. makes sense. So, um, so we both got one through that 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 means, and um, ordered it on a Monday. Uh, haven't had it. I I hope I ordered one. There hasn't been a single change in the order status on Walmart or the um, account with the like financing company or whatever. It's it basically looks like there's just been nothing. Like normally you get like a email confirmation or like a shipping confirmation or like any sort of anything, and it's just been nothing. And so I looked online, and actually that's normal for this whole Xbox All Access thing. Everyone going back all the way to November when the consoles launched. Um, people were like, yeah, I ordered one and it said it would deliver on this day. And, uh, I never got any, the, the status never changed. And then it just showed up on my doorstep like four days early or whatever. And so it's like a normal thing, I guess that these, you don't get any extra emails. Your order status doesn't update. I guess the whole thing's just kind of a mess, but the, the systems show up. So mine, mine, um, has a, uh, the delivery date's June 30th, which is next Wednesday. So um, 
I'm hoping that like other people have, have mentioned that it's like, it'll actually just show up earlier than that. Yeah. Um, so excited about that. And then, um, like you said, uh, I feel like I mentioned it on the show before when we've talked about it, but I, I've never really cared about 4K. I haven't got a 4K TV, and I've been fine with 1080p. And even gaming, 1080 has been fine. Um, but when it came to getting an Xbox, and I did, when I tried to buy one a few weeks ago, um, and it didn't work, and then all of a sudden they were sold out, but the Series S was still in stock. And I was like, man, maybe I should just get one of these. I don't care yeah. about 4K, and I don't care about disk drives, so... Um, it kind of makes sense, but I was just like, I don't know, dude. Like, if I'm going to buy a next-gen console, I want to buy a future-proof version, right? Because what if I do get a new TV or whatever? Um, and what if things start coming out that's like, we really need the full power of the Series X to have this particular, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just one of those people I don't want to miss out. So um, I made a, you know, I, I, I decided that I was, like, going to stick with the Series X, whether I needed it or not. And then once I did finally secured one, I was like, maybe I'll upgrade my TV sometime next year or something like that, or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, immediately started looking at new TVs. Hmm. And so um, that was a whole big rabbit hole, too. But uh, I did end up choosing one. The nice thing is that um, most of the new models just came out this spring. And so it's not like, um, you know, I, I, the TV I had been wanting for a while, but just never really had a big reason to, was, was the... Uh, the LG CX eight series or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what I've got, which is kind of like the, this, the standard good for gaming TV that people have been buying for a few years or whatever. Um, yeah, I'd had that on my wish list and was always like, Oh, if it goes on sale enough, I'll buy one. You know, I wasn't like in a rush or anything. Um, their new series, like the successor to that just came out in April, the C one. And so that's what I ended up getting. And, um, it's nice. It supports all the crap that the Xbox Series X does. And wow, is it a rabbit hole of, of confusion. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it, it, what is uh, the VRR, variable refresh rate thing or whatever. And then um, Dolby Atmos is a whole big thing. And what supports it? HDMI 2.1. But what kind of 2.1? And does it have ARC or does it have eARC? Yeah. There's so much crap. Well, that goes along with like the so trying to support and get all the bells and whistles of the Series X to be working. Um, it took a lot of of research on my part to figure out what the hell I'm doing, and I'm, I still hope I got it right. I don't know yeah, if I'll be able to get everything set up right or not. It's re it really sucks that they have made the HDMI kind of like um, I don't know form factor, or whatever format or whatever you want to call the, whatever the right word is for the plug. You know, like yeah. so confusing because like like not even all hdmi 2.1 cables are are equal you know like you have to like oh, really know what you're doing high speed ultra high speed high yeah. speed with ethernet like there's yeah. uh, there's so many different standards and i feel like we've gone on this rant before with usb-c where it was like hey wasn't usb-c supposed to solve all these problems you mm -hmm. just buy one cable there's one input it goes in upside down or up right side it, you know all the dumb because there's so many stupid versions of usb-c with mini and you know micro and like yeah. whatever and so, um, but it just turned into a clusterfuck where it's like all USB-C stuff is confusing now too, because you have to get the right one. You have to have the right bandwidth. You yep. have to support, uh, the power delivery or not or whatever. So it's like, anytime you need to buy a USB-C cord for something, you got to figure out what do I want to do with it? And then look up to make sure you're buying the right thing. 
And that seems to be the exact same thing going on with HDMI right now, where mm-hmm. it's like this 2.1 standard has so many different versions and does so many different things. And, you know, I get that it's kind of hard to span. Um, I, I feel like right now is a is kind of a transitional period. And I guess you could kind of say the same thing for USB-C and that like, hey, five years down the line, maybe all this shit's forwarded out and it won't be a big deal. You just go buy a cord and it does whatever you need it to do. But yeah. right now we're not at that point. And right now we're at a point too where a good amount of people have like bought a new TV in the last like five years, right? And stuff that's even on very high-end TVs that came out just like a year or two ago don't support some of the newer protocols and stuff like that. And so I'd be pretty pissed off if I bought like a really high-end TV two years ago and then found out it couldn't do a bunch of crap that yeah. like a, a much cheaper TV could do now Yeah, just because the standards weren't up to par or whatever. Yeah, so. it, like what's confusing too is that, you know, like if you don't know this stuff very well and you just like go out – and they're like, oh, cool, yeah, all right, I got the new Xbox, it has HDMI 2.0, cool, uh, 2.1, cool, I need a HDMI 2.1 TV, and I'm going to upgrade my receiver, yeah. too, so I have, like, the best, like, surround sound stuff, right. so let me get an HDMI 2.1 receiver yeah. as well. It's like there's yeah. an extremely high chance that those things, three things will not work together, yeah. or or <laughs> not work together as good as they should, because, like, yeah. you know, the receiver might not support the variable refresh rate stuff, or the high yeah. frame rate stuff, or... Yeah. I frame it with the Dolby Vision stuff or like it's a right. fucking nightmare. Yeah. So. No, it totally is. And then um, when you start looking into the the reasons why a lot of this stuff doesn't work, it's sort of insane to me. The sort of like bandwidth pushing mm-hmm. all those those high res images and then like the high high quality audio stuff, the Dolby Atmos stuff, just so much bandwidth to send those over this this cords or whatever. And you think back to when like 1080p was the norm and HDMI was like that that great solution that was like, oh, it could carry audio, it can carry video, it could carry high def signals, like whatever. Um, and you look at like how much bandwidth it would cost to just send 1080p signals and like even even like Dolby 5.1 or 2.1 or whatever the older older versions were. And it was like peanuts compared to like, oh, I yeah. want to do or you know, 4K 120 is kind of like the high, the highest you would want to go. And then the Dolby Atmos, and that takes tons of bandwidth to, to send all that through a cord. But then there's people that are like, what about 8K? And it's like, oh, dude, get out of here. Like, don't even worry about 8K right now. But they, to, to even think of how much bandwidth you would need to, like, send 8K signals plus all this high, high-end audio stuff, like, it's just nuts to me, especially compared to, to how little it would take to in the 1080p era or whatever. So. Right. It's kind of nuts, but anyway, so I think um, next week it should all come together. Xbox, TV, and uh, I got a sound bar for this one. I'm not doing a receiver. So that's another sticking point where a lot of people's sound bars, you got to have a sound bar that has eARC mm-hmm. or you're not going to have Dolby Atmos or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, fuck. So <clears throat> I think I've got it all figured out to where everything should work how I want it to um, well, so what and it's kind of cool. I already have a on your new what's Xbox. That? What have you been playing on your new Xbox? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. Um, oh, you haven't got it yet. I, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't got it yet. But yeah. I, I, I want to play. I mean, my buddies all want me to play Warzone, so I'll probably oh, yeah. try to play some Warzone. But I also want to go. I had been meaning to go through the Halo series again too, in preparation for Infinite. So I think I'll start replaying all the Halo games. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I will play <laughs> goes. And then, Warzone at any time. What's that? I'll play Warzone at any time. 
Yeah, just we'll me. party up and and you can you can show me how bad I suck. I I haven't played like first person shooter competitively since like Modern Warfare two or four, I guess it was, whatever one it was. It's a, been a long time, um, and I'll I'll be bad, but I don't care. It's yeah. not about being good. That's fine. Having fun. It's fine if you're bad. No one cares. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, did you ever get your the like Xbox headset that yes. you ordered? Yes. Uh, how do you like that thing? Uh, it's good, uh, but I wish it was better because like, yeah. so the way that I use it is that my friends, so I play cross platform with friends mm-hmm. that are on, you know, like PC and PlayStation and stuff like that. Yeah. And so you really, um, the party chat in game is not great because it like only works when you're actually in game and you're doing like a lot of menuing and a lot of load screens and like, yeah. stuff like that so it it just is a bad solution to, to kind of like keep in mm-hmm. touch with with everyone um so we just use discord and mm-hmm. um the xbox headset uh can connect to disc it can connect to your phone too and like it'll you know do that intelligently and you can like mix the audio with the dials on the the side yeah. which is pretty cool but the yeah. problem is um it's kind of like a one or the other kind of thing and that like if you have your mm-hmm. phone connected to discord you need mm-hmm. to have voice comms turned off in the game. And mm-hmm. because like there's, there's like, you're just constantly sending audio to both. Like there's no way to do yeah. like push to talk on the mm-hmm. Xbox while you have like discord open on your phone. Mm-hmm. So, um, it kind of, kind of sucks because like one of the fun things about call of duty is that, mm-hmm. um, when you kill someone, you hear their like five seconds of their microphone or whatever. Right. And it's always yeah, just like really yeah. fun to like kill someone here. Like, Oh, that motherfucker. Well, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, like it's always funny. Right. So you miss out on that. Yeah. It sucks having to have that turned off because like, otherwise you're just constantly transmitting voice and people are mm-hmm, hearing you mm-hmm. like double, particularly if they have, uh, if you're in discord and in game with them and stuff. So right. I wish that there was a more elegant way to handle that, but you know, if so you is there a headset that you know of that does what you would want it to do? Because well, I don't think the way that there you get around it is you just wear um, like the wired ear pods connected yeah. to your phone under the Xbox headset, mm-hmm. like an eSports okay, Pro so then guy. You, okay, okay. And that works, but it's just kind of clunky and stupid. And yeah. Can you put AirPods in your ear and then no? The because like the over the microphones can't hear you. It sounds like you're underwater. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whereas, but the corded one works because the cord comes down and you know it like the the microphone's like on your collarbone basically. So yeah, that sounds um, good. But yeah, so I don't you don't know. use a little boom mic, the attached boom mic at all. No, I do because that's that's kind of oh because that's going to the game. Oh okay, yeah, it's that's going oh. to your phone. Uh, yeah. The way I have it set up, but just and I just yeah. have voice turned off in game, which sucks, but. but like if you do Uh, headphones to your phone and then microphone to the xbox you can use the mute switch on the uh, headphones to determine like when you are and are not talking oh okay but i really like the headset because it's just like really cool to like be able to play at night and stuff and and get like full surround sound and positional audio and all that stuff without having like your tv blown out everyone in the house that that was i picked up a pair and that was basically the the main reason why um, is because then I can play and not bother anybody. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was just kind of curious how it actually works. Yeah, you no, know, I like them a lot. Communicator. So, and yeah. I mean, I, they're for what they do, and especially supporting Dolby Atmos and stuff like that. Um, hundred bucks. That's cheap, cheap. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's cool. They just work wirelessly with 
they're like seamlessly with the Xbox and stuff too. So yeah, I think that's all nice too to have it all be first party. So anyway, uh, so by this time next week, maybe I'll be talking about all that crap. See how it yeah. all gets set up and works and and whatever. And I started really thinking about it too, and I'm like, you know, my TV's been fine, but it's over ten years old. I didn't really realize how long ago I had bought it. It might even be yeah yeah older than ten, I think. So. Um, that's kind of crazy to think that, uh, I was definitely due for an upgrade and besides gaming, it'll be fun to do 4k things. I have a 4k Apple TV. I've never taken advantage of and and stuff. So I don't know. Better late than never diving into this world, I guess the high resolution world, but mostly I'm psyched about playing Xbox. So, uh, Let's zip through some game discussion, I guess. Yeah. Do we have time for that? Yeah, of course. What, uh, Do we have time for mobile gaming on this mobile gaming podcast? Well, I mean, we spent most of it talking about mobile emulation, which is... Uh, That's kind of true. Yeah. It counts. Yeah. It counts. And hey, g- uh, Game Pass on your phone is a thing. So it all it, it's fine. Um, so this week, uh, kind of out of nowhere, Baba Is You landed on iOS and Android um, this qualifies, th- this goes into the category of games I heard nothing but good things about on other mm-hmm. platforms, but never played myself. One of those indie hits on Steam that I never actually played, but no, it's great. And I know it's on Switch and stuff too. And I, knowing me, I probably like own it on Switch, but um, never actually played it until the mobile version came out. And uh, I see what it's all cracked up about. Like I could see why people go nuts over this game. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it, it's, it's a very, uh, interesting puzzle game with mechanics that like, you just got to watch a video for it because like it would take us a half yeah. hour to explain how the game works and in 10 seconds of watching it, you'd be like, Oh, I get it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause it's like the, yeah. the, the game itself is ch- like the puzzle elements are involved changing the rules of the game. Yeah. So like yeah, you Bob could be it, like, oh, it's a block sliding puzzler, and you'd be like, okay, no thanks. But no, 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 wait, it's yeah. more than that. Like, <laughs> so um, like the title "Baba Is You" means that like you are playing as Baba at that point in yeah. the game, and like you can, I don't remember what changes the, but like what you're basically doing is changing that sentence. So like it would be like, uh, um, I don't know, like what, like wall is you, and then like then you're moving the wall. Then you're a chunk of wall. Yeah. Or, um, well, you're moving all the walls and then it'll be like, yeah. So you, it's extremely hard to explain. It's very cool how it works out because it's like, you have to come up with these solutions where you're like basically modifying the game instead of like playing through just like a level, like, you know, Sobacon style or whatever. Yeah. It totally like breaks your brain and breaks the rules of like a normal puzzle game in such a cool way. And I'd say, yeah, watch watch a trailer. You'll instantly understand what we're trying so hard to explain. But also, go in blind. I think it, it's seven bucks on mobile, which I know is a million dollars to some people for a mobile game. But like, super worth it. Over two hundred levels, and I can pretty much guarantee you're gonna like this game, whether you're like a puzzle fan or not. Yeah. I think everyone should just play this game because it's so clever and is so. I don't know. You'll you you'll get that like smile to yourself like oh, that's so cool that they did that feeling over and over yeah. and over and over. Um, yeah, it's, it, uh, it, and very early in the game, you'll get, you'll hit these points where it, it's so, I think this is a game you shouldn't look up uh, how to, yeah. how to beat stuff. You should just like, don't look up, solutions. walk away from yeah. it and think about it for a while. 
and then come yeah. back to it and be like, I wonder if because this game is filled with a lot of those like I have no fucking clue what to do, and you think about it for a while and you're like, I wonder if that would work. Like that seems crazy, but like let me try it, yeah. and it's like, oh holy shit, like that was the solution. I can't believe that worked. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Don't look up answers. Um, figure it out yourself. Even if you have to stare at the same level for an hour, I, it, it'll be worth it when you figure it out. So, um, cool. A great fit for mobile. Um, cool surprise release. I love when things just kind of pop up out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, if you if you haven't played this one before, mobile's a great way to play it. Uh, check out Baba is You. Uh, I guess it's not a spoiler because this will post after the game a week. But this is the game of the week this oh, week. So. Spoilers. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog just released in Minecraft, which is um, that's a thing. Okay. I, 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 it's Sonic's 30th anniversary, and so as part of that, they're doing all sorts of things. But one of the things they did is a crossover with Minecraft. And um, normally I'd be like, ah, I kind of don't care. But then I watched the trailer, and I was like, holy crap, this is pretty cool. Like, they really recreated the Sonic gameplay and a lot of the Sonic levels and all the enemies and stuff like that all in Minecraft and did a really good job of it, I would say. And, um, it's a, a paid DLC. So it's like, um, offers a lot for being something you have to pay for. So, you know, a whole bunch of new levels to play that you can race through and, and do in like a time attack fashion, or you can actually race your friends through them or whatever. Um, I don't know. Kind of cool. I thought, uh, it could just be some bonery like skin pack with like some vaguely blue like you know yeah, Minecraft yeah. skins and stuff like that, but it's not. It's like got all the sound effects. Sonic has been recreated in Minecraft fashion, and not just Sonic. Like every character you can think of from the Sonic world, um, all are in here. All the like cool environmental uh, textures and stuff like that. Everything just recreated in Minecraft. It, it seems like it's done uh, in a really cool way. So. Um, it's about eight bucks. It's whatever, 1,340 coins on the marketplace, the funny money coins, um, which would roughly translate to like an $8 pack of coins. So worth watching the trailer at least to see if this tickles your fancy if you're into Minecraft and Sonic the Hedgehog. I thought it was actually pretty cool. Um, also this week, Titan Quest on mobile got another big update. Um, they've been... Going crazy with this one ever since they released all of those um, expansions and stuff, uh, I think, earlier this year. But anyway, um, <clears throat> this latest update adds a whole bunch of quality of life stuff like um, con extra controller support, the ability to uh, rearrange the buttons and change their transparencies and, and things like that. Um, just nice quality of life stuff that makes it an, an easier game to play and... Uh, you know, have it suit your needs on the touchscreen or on the controller. Yeah. Um, just a fantastic game. I will take any opportunity to mention Titan Quest whenever I can, um, just because it's that good. So if you haven't checked this one out yet, this is for both the Legendary Edition and includes all those expansions in one price, or the original version that has the expansions available as uh, separate downloads. Um, this update has released for both of them. So cool that they're keeping that all kind of even keel with each other too and then um blood blood stained blood stained ritual of the night also just got a huge uh update adding in um new character pack and a boss revenge mode and some other stuff uh as actually free dlc um so this is a free update that adds a bunch of new things and um also the game is currently on sale uh if you haven't picked this one up yet this is another really fantastic 
port of a surprisingly amazing game. Um, and I feel like ever since it came to mobile, I've actually been playing through it. Whereas I own this on other platforms and have never bothered. So yeah, I downloaded this on the Xbox and I, I don't know, it's too, too fan gamey for me. It has that element of jank fan game jank. Um, but it's, it's really good. It's a really good Metroidvania. And like, I would say a really good spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night. Obviously not up to those same heights, but scratching the same itch. Yeah. Which I think is I cool. Would, so I would agree with that. Just, uh, I don't know. It just comes off as, I, I, if you play it, you'll see what I mean. It's just very. I know what you mean. You know. I And I don't disagree, but yeah. uh, anyway, <laughs> if you haven't played this one yet, um, I think mobile's the best place to play it, um, at least on the go, because if. Sadly, the performance is so much better on iOS than the Switch version, which is really kind of sad. Uh, so anyway, and I think this game is normally ten bucks, twelve bucks, something like that. It's on sale for seven, so definitely check out uh, Bloodstained Ritual tonight if you haven't yet. Real good Castlevania like. Um, this was something interesting I wanted to talk about. So. Crash Drive 3 was announced, and it's coming on July 8th. And if you don't know, Crash Drive's been around for a long time. Um, I think it started off as like a Flash game or something like that. But the the first two were also on mobile. And really what it does is it it's, it's an open-world, like, stunt-driving game. And the way it works is really cool. Like, it just plops you into a big open-world level and, um, you know, filled with all sorts of jumps and the terrain itself creates these big natural ramps. And then there's like different missions you can do. So it plops you into this world and you can just run around and do whatever, like a GTA game, just go find missions and, and complete them or find secrets and complete them and just kind of do your own thing. But it also populates a bunch of other online players in the same map with you. Oh, cool. And then like every couple minutes or so, it runs an event. And so it'll be like, okay. Uh, starting in 10 seconds, you know, see who can get the most coins in the next two minutes or whatever. And then if you want, you can try to get the most coins or you can ignore it and just keep going about your business and doing your own thing. Um, it's a really cool mix of like online multiplayer stuff, but for people that don't like online stuff, there's still a lot of stuff to do. And, uh, it's just a really neat open world kind of twisted metal-y sort of game, I guess. Um, and kind of mixed with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Like, you can do weird tricks in the air and stuff, too, and and earn points. And um, there's a whole progression system with your cars and uh, blah, blah, blah. I could just keep going on about it. But anyway, cool series. Uh, really popular. Crash Drive 3 is the newest entry coming out on July 8th, which is – that's all fine. What really struck me about this is that the developer is M2H – they are releasing on every platform same day with cross-platform multiplayer between oh, all shit. platforms. Okay, that's amazing. <clears throat> so PC is going to be Steam and Epic, and then you've got Xbox One plus Series S and X plus PS4 plus PS5 plus iOS plus Android plus Nintendo Switch. If you add all those up, I don't think I missed any. Um, that's nine that? platforms. They're all launching on the same day. All at the same time, all with cross-platform multiplayer. So, I, I can't even think of another game that's done this, right? Like, I, I mean, like we, the we butterscotch shenanigans is, have gotten pretty close with. Their yeah, stuff. I was gonna like, say like when they launched Crash, Crashlands was like 
I think it was just PC and both mobile platforms like at the same time. I don't even think. Oh no, it's like Xbox and stuff too with um, what's it called? Levelhead. So yeah, yeah, they've done a little. They've dabbled in that stuff, but I would say for the most part, even if you do have like a simultaneous quote unquote cross you know platform launch. There's still it's still staggered, right? It's like oh, Xbox this week, PlayStation next week, Steam after that, you know, whatever. Like you need to stagger because things are going to happen on launch day with different platforms and stuff. And these dudes are like YOLO, yeah, yeah, all nine platforms all on the same day, and they all play with each other online, which that's just crazy to me. So, um, this is uh, the the Crash Drive Two was a free Crash Drive Two was a free to play game. Um, with pretty typical kind of stuff, like you could earn in-game currency and then there's a whole upgrade system and then unlocking new cars and skins and parts and blah, blah, blah. Um, there was like these forced ads that are super annoying, but if you bought any coin pack, even the dollar one, it would disable the ads. And so I always looked at it as like a pretty good free to play game that's not done in a super annoying way. Yeah. Um, so crash drive three is actually going to be a mixture on some platforms. It's paid on mobile. It's going to be free. And I think um, I'm not sure if it'll be paid on Steam and, and Epic or not, but um, so yeah, it'll be kind of a blend. But it's kind of interesting too that they're all going to be playing with each other because I feel like so much of these online focused games, when they're free to play, what's the difference going to be if I buy it on one platform and I'm playing with free to play players on others? Right. Like, do I have an advantage? Do I have extra stuff? I don't really. It's interesting to see how that's going to shake out too. But either way. Uh, super cool game series. Surprisingly fun. Uh, definitely mark July 8th on your calendars to check this one out on mobile since it'll be free anyway. Uh, can pretty much guarantee you'll think it's super fun and be like, why didn't I know about this game before? <laughs> um, I think we talked about this a while back, a couple weeks ago. Um, Apex Legends Mobile, the closed beta, is coming to more countries. That was announced today or this week, I guess. Um not any countries that me, you or I are in, but uh, if you're in Indonesia, Egypt, Peru, Lebanon, <coughs> Colombia, then uh, you'll be able to get in on this closed beta if you go sign up for it or whatever, um, which is kind of cool. I don't know. I, I'm mildly tracking this because I'll check it out when it's on mobile, but otherwise I don't really care about Apex Legends, but... I know people do. So anyway, if you're in any of those countries, keep an eye out for the uh, closed beta and uh, give this thing a shot. Yeah. If you can. And then the final thing I have to talk about this week, uh, Rush Rally Origins was announced. Um, We're really big fans of the Rush Rally series going back all the way to the first one in 2015. Um, It's kind of funny because going back and reading what I had written about the first game, um, it was one of those times when like a game just kind of showed up on the forums and then all of a sudden like a thousand people were all like talking about how awesome it was or whatever. And so that always told us like, oh, dude, we got to check this out. And then you'd play it and you'd be like, holy shit, where'd this game come from? This is such a good game. And then you find out it was made by like one guy and you're like, yeah, what? Right, right. <clears throat> so that was the exact case with the original rush rally where it was a top down rally racing game with like some of the best physics I've ever seen where the terrain you were driving on made a difference, like between like dirt and snow and gravel and all that. Um, the physics engine itself was really good. Just the racing was great. Um, and you were just like, where did this game come from? 
Um, so we wrote up a little thing about it back in 2015. Come to find out it was made mainly by one guy. And um, not long, like a month after that, he announced a sequel. And then the, the following year in 2016 is when Rush Rally 2 launched. And that was really like, okay, the first game was really good. But Rush Rally 2 was like, holy shit, you could compete with like Codemasters, yeah. Colin Ray, McRae series or, you know, whatever. Like this was like a full real deal rally racing game. And, um, <clears throat> but it switched from being a top down game to being a more traditional behind the car or like, you know, interior or like bumper cam type stuff or whatever. Um, and the rest of the game kind of reflected that. I, I felt like that first game had sort of an arcadey feel to it cause it was top down. Anyway, um, rush rally two came out, was super successful, was the best rush, was the best rally racing game in general on, on mobile hands down. Um, got a lot of good support. And then uh, two years ago, Rush Rally 3 came out. And same kind of deal. Bigger, better, all around, just awesome game. Still the best rally racing game on mobile to this day. So that brings us to today. <clears throat> the uh, Brown Monster, the developer, has announced Rush Rally Origins. And like that title suggests, it's actually going back to the top-down roots of that first game. But bringing with it all of the good advancements in the uh, physics engine and the uh, the visuals that have come from Rush Rally Three, and so um, they say they they want the goal to be to make like the ultimate uh, <clears throat> route top down racing game, huh. and so that's kind of what they're shooting for. So, um, yeah, this uh, next week I think will be a trailer, but so far there's just some static screens, but they look really good, look very reminiscent of the first game, but better. And um, they're shooting for releasing this one in August or in the next couple of months. So not okay. too far off or whatever. But anyway, if you're a Rush Rally fan of the last couple of games, or especially if you played that original one and, and kind of wished it would go back to that style, uh, that's exactly what's happening with Rush Rally Origins. So uh, keep tabs on that one. And we'll, of course, post more. Um, if there's a trailer next week, I'll be sure to post that and we can talk about it. But yeah, Rush cool. Rally is great. Excited to see this one, and um, that's it. That's all I got for this week. What about you? I don't have anything that good other than emulation stuff. Are you trying on socks or something? I because you were doing something on camera. Um, yeah, I got um, a pair of Did shoes. You get gamer socks? No, well, so oh. I got these five finger oh. water mm. shoes, and yeah. I knew they were going to be the wrong size, and of course they are. So, oh, uh, well, annoying. Life's hard. Life is a struggle. Well, it's like, I don't know, like for whatever reason, like I cannot find these fucking stupid shoes anywhere. Like, I don't know if it's a COVID thing or, or uh, what, yeah. I don't know. Cause I had a pair of like these <clears throat> five finger shoes. And I just like, I bought them a decade ago and just like wore them out. Yeah. I remember you were one of the first people I ever knew that had those. Yeah. Well, that's not a, not a good thing. <laughs> You're a pioneer, a pioneer of the, are they Vibram? Is that the name? Yeah. Of them? Yeah. I'm like having to, I don't know if they just don't make them anymore, but I'm having to like, just like scrape through like weird, like closeout sites and stuff like that to find them. And <laughs> I waited like weeks for these to come and wrong side. Not right. Sucks. That's a bummer. That's a bummer, man. Oh, well. All right. Well, let's wrap things up then. <clears throat> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, we are primarily supported through our readers and our listeners and our viewers. So, if you like Touch Arcade and want to see it continue to exist, check out 
uh, patreon.com forward slash touch arcade consider throwing a little support our way you can also help us out by doing your amazon shopping through touch arcade.com forward slash amazon uh, if you're going to be buying some vibram five five toe shoes yeah uh, through amazon use that affiliate link and send them straight to eli because he needs them um, also, I keep forgetting to mention this, but uh, send us some emails. We haven't got some emails in a while. So podcast at tetracade.com if you want to say hello or send us funny jokes or um, just anything. You want to talk about retro handhelds, always happy to do that. Uh, podcast the, at tetracade.com. The funny jokes. The funny jokes are always so funny. <laughs> uh, so with all that, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with another episode of the Tetracade Show next week. See ya.